You're listening to Radar Peak, a three-body podcast reviewing our way through the three-body problem and discussing its real-life parallels. I'm Allie. I'm Brett, and this week we're talking UAP, 1,000-year-old recovered mummified alien bodies from Mexico. And then later in our story discussion, get your flow charts ready, because today the category is new character alert. Energy unit reporting. All systems go. Cutting unit reporting. All systems go. Amplifier unit reporting. All systems go. Interference monitor unit reporting. With an acceptable range. Begin transmission. Something about... I think my brother and I... Uh-huh. That we have in common that I kind of love... Is, is a generally dead... I'd scare. I was just saying, I love taking selfies intentionally where my eyes look like there is There's no, no brain activity. No like, thoughts. there are no electrons <laughs> moving around, the, like nothing. Just I team love no a thousand yard stare. No, honestly, it makes me feel like such a Victoria's Secret model. Yeah. You know, very mm-hmm. that. Michelle and I probably have an inside joke now, and it's like this dance move, mm-hmm. and it just is this. <laughs> so, showing your teeth. It's like she's like no wait. It's like rectangular. I'm gonna take a picture and we'll post what it looks like. It's like that's where did that come from? We were dancing. We were dancing once and uh and like I kind of was like I was like doing like face dancing mm-hmm. and I kind of made my mouth like a little like rectangular. Okay. And then she just like went like ten times as hard on it and was like she's like no 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 no. It kills me every fucking time. And they were like, just talk to each other like this. It was like, you have to do it with the fingers. I kind of like that. It's so funny. It's kind of cunty. Like, if you're, especially if you're like smizing when you do it, like, it's kind of cunty. Totally. Because it's like not a growl. It's like a half assed growl, but like, it's all about making your mouth as rectangular as possible. It's like a seethe almost. Yeah. Yeah. I've also been thinking about getting masseter Botox. What does that mean? Botox in your jaw. Oh. Apparently it's facially slimming. And I feel like my face is getting wide with age. I wonder what it does. It relaxes the like muscle jaw in muscles? your jaw. So it also oh. relieves TMJ. Oh, right. So I'm like, it couldn't hurt. But yeah, I don't know. I'm like nervous. I also don't know how much it would cost to get it. It's like they make you think Botox is cheap because it's like, oh, it's just like $10 a pop. Well, $10 it's per a, unit, but a unit, unit is like nothing. You need like 50 units or yeah. 100 units. So anyways, probably would be like a grand. But I don't know. What do you think? Little... I'll go with you. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, I'm very pro. I don't know how I feel about filters just because i'm 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 Fil- kind of filler? sorry not fillers yeah i don't know how i feel no, about I never get fillers. fillers just because i'm kind of afraid that like i'd be the one person that has like you know i look like a balloon animal afterwards because i bet i would be allergic or something you even think? though i'm probably not I i'm mean, just like afraid that brandy i would be Glanville? i have seen brandy glanville recently no it's not good oh no it's really sad like she didn't know when to stop or she reacted badly oh she doesn't know when to stop oh no like really but no, I mean, I've seen some filler done nicely. It's got to be very, very conservative amount of filler. Just sure. like maybe like, you know, if you have a, a line like over here, like yeah, yeah. tiny micro filler. But I want smile lines. Totally. I like, I think, I don't know. I think wearing, and like I say this being pro Botox, but I think like having lines and showing them is just like, 
I don't know. It's just like a reminder. Like, you're alive, baby. Totally. Age. Let's age. It's beautiful to age. It's such a, especially in the in the queer community, it's such a privilege to be able to mm. age. Because there was an entire generation ahead of us that we lost to the AIDS epidemic you're under so right. President Reagan that, like, didn't have the luxury of aging. So I'm like, to now. To be old and gay. Yeah, like, to be old and gay or queer or trans or whatever under the umbrella. I'm like, that's such a beautiful, special thing. I'm like, I'm going to show it. I'm going to be blonde until I die. I love that. Well, I'll be blonde until I'm bald. <laughs> when you're bald, do you think you'll shave it? Or I guess you'll just be bald. It'll be skin. I'll like, I'll pre, I'll do it before. Yeah. It Are you going to change your look for when you're bald? I'll just probably keep more of a five o'clock shadow. Love that. Yeah. Love. Migrate it down, mm-hmm. you know. Balance. Mm-hmm. Um, we were also, <laughs> okay, wait, this is a TMI and definitely got this. Oh boy. <laughs> so that is neither here nor there it has nothing to do with this podcast brett Allie, are you ready to get drunk on red bull and talk shit about aliens i'm three celsius cans in at this i'm just waiting for you to catch up (laughs) we're back but aliens a lot of stuff has been i mean you know we haven't really seen like a a balloon you know a chinese balloon or anything in in any recent days or weeks but speaking of chinese balloon oh can i tell you the rumor that i heard please and it might be complete hogwash okay and it's not coming from a reputable source but i do have a friend who told me while i was making her lunch (laughs) which sounds like i have a child actually who said she was hanging out with our other friend okay who was hanging out with a some sort of like state agent Okay. I don't know what part of the state, what type of agent, but someone who works for the government allegedly got super drunk and basically said that from, this is from, you know, basically third hand testimony. Wait, cue it. I think this sounds like a conspiracy. Big if true. Big if true. This is is an enormous if true. And and, I'm really, uh, emphasis on the if. Okay. (laughs) And the big the big and, and the, the true. true yeah but mostly the if so she said that we'll say peter said that the state agent said okay after like numerous beers that all of this alien stuff that's happening in mainstream media is mm-hmm. all a cover-up and is all a distraction which i don't know why like well let me finish is all a distraction from this type of war, this war that is happening on the dark side of the moon between America and China for oh. gravity rights. Gravity rights? <laughs> and like, maybe it's true. I'm laughing because it's, it's crazy. Gravity rights? I think gravity rights is maybe just the term. Or maybe like assuming that there is a technology that maybe through the uap crash retrieval and reverse engineer program we we arrived at technology that helped us master gravity as a force from what i understood it's literally i think just a sort of lunar nomenclature okay uh for what is actually like colonialism and like land yeah. rights you know and, and just like Whoa. because obviously we're gonna gravity rights the what? gravity rights i'm just like i'm hung up on that term because i'm like are there regions of like i'm not an astronomer so i'm like are there regions of the moon where gravity is like measurably stronger than others and like commodifiable yeah 
I don't think so. I really think, I think, if anything, they're just fighting over territory. Probably. I mean, did you watch the... If that's really happening. Did Which, you watch... honestly, why wouldn't it be? I mean... America it, and China? It's not not happening. Did you watch... Dark Side of the Moon? I mean, this is fictionalized, but Apple TV Plus had and has a series of a show called For All Mankind. Okay. And it's sort of, it's set, you know, during the time of... <laughs> It's set during the time of like the 60s, you uh-huh. know, like original going to the moon kind of thing. Yeah. But it's set in an the alternate 1860s. timeline, like a fictionalized timeline, yeah. where instead of the US being the first people to get to the moon, China was the first to get to the moon. Okay. And so, like in this fictionalized telling, there are actual real world sort of like pre war kind of struggles happening down on Earth because like some kind of miscommunication could happen up on the moon between these like not friendly but not enemy nations and then like the whole planet down on earth is thrown into disarray because you know a stray bullet hit somebody from like a you know non-allied country or something on the moon yeah on the moon so wait china gets to the moon first and then america gets there too yeah and then there's like and then russia gets there yeah it's like a whole new story about a space race set in like the actual timeline that it happened but it's not the events that happened got it and that makes me think of this because like it's, it's not that far It's revealed fetched. slowly through this storyline that, like, there are actual sort of, like, land standoffs happening on the moon between people that were just supposed to be astronauts, but now they're basically having to be, by proxy, soldiers of their respective governments. It's really not that far-fetched. No, at you all. You know, like, it, it, the person that told it to me, like, I have no reason to believe anything they say. Sure. I, they're often misinformed that said the theory itself regardless of where it came from makes a ton of sense i mean we can't see the dark side of the moon no but we can certainly get there yeah so why and like we're definitely pushing to colonize it it's like we call it the dark side of the moon not because it's always dark but because it permanently faces away from the earth so it's like if you're gonna conduct clandestine operations why wouldn't you do it on a non-terrestrial body the dark side of the moon's a perfect place totally it sounds like something crazy and like haunting in a way and like oh the dark side of the moon you know what the pink floyd album but it's like like, hiding in plain sight no it it makes a lot of sense that america and china would would actually be having some type of warfare on for, for for the use of that land and like for for dominion over space like if there's anything that you know global powers have done for as long as they've existed is fight over dominion over true. space there's also there's another conspiracy theory that says that whenever the apollo missions went to the moon in the first place that when the astronauts landed they were not alone And not like they were not alone, there were other people there, but like these beings that maybe are the ones piloting the the UAP that we keep seeing and that we still can't identify as Uh being one thing or another were there and sort of like made it clear one way or another, who knows how, whether like psychically or just by a pure show of force in number, who knows, but like made it clear you do not come back to this place. And so this theory says that like that's a big reason why humans never went back to the moon aside from the very kind of like short window of the Apollo missions of going to the moon. And it's why only rovers have been sent back so far. I mean, it's no. like we're making plans for humans to go back to the moon, but we haven't yet. Here. So until we do, this theory is, you know, not debunked. Debunked. Yet. But 
Well, speaking of, and it also says beings, that whoever they are, you know, the beings th- that right. they have their base operations set up on the dark side of the moon because it, you know, it's the easiest way to evade detection. And speaking of beings, just this past week, which if you're listening to this, was probably a few few weeks ago, Mexico. I saw. Okay, I saw something <laughs> about this. Give me the rundown. Although I have to say, when I saw it, it was already being parodied. Right. Oh, totally. Did you see the one of? Is it cake? It was cake. Yeah. I want it to be true. I want to believe. I want to believe. You guys know we love to believe in this house. In this house, we believe aliens are real. David Grush is a hero. And what else do we believe? And JFK was killed by the CIA. JFK didn't kill himself. I don't think he was killed by Lee Harvey Oswald on his own. Oh. Oh, but never mind that. That's for another episode. But basically, two alien corpses that are supposedly a thousand years old. Okay. Retrieved from Cusco. Cusco! Which is a city in Peru. Mm-hmm. Uh, with extensive, you know, Inca, Inca ruins. Were brought before politicians. Sorry, Cusco will always make me think of pull the lever, crunk. Yes, me too. Before politicians in Mexico City on Wednesday. And, you know, Mexico's Congress. Yeah, crazy. And it's it was brought for them by this guy also the government didn't these like weren't government property no this was privately owned okay okay specimens this session which has been unprecedented in mexican congress took place two months after the one that we just covered rush on the hill yeah Uh uh-huh and so this mexican journalist named jose jaime malsan Mm -hmm. presented two boxes with supposed mummies that he and others consider quote non-human beings that are not part of our terrestrial evolution and these bodies they look like teeny little shriveled up bodies with shrunken heads well with big heads but like but like way smaller than an adult human like would come up to like maybe our knee yeah so like aligns with you know people's first-hand accounts of seeing the greys like small little you know humanoid like bob lazar at area 51 spoke about the children and they did do some carbon dating mm-hmm. and some DNA testing. And it does seem, I think, according to the carbon dating, that these are very old. They are like a thousand years old, roughly. Okay. Whoa, okay. And that 30% of the DNA was unidentifiable. Mm. That said, in 2017, this very same journalist made similar claims in Peru. And the country's prosecutor's office found that the bodies that he had presented back in 2017 were actually fraudulent and they were allegedly recently manufactured dolls which had been covered with a mixture of paper and synthetic glue to simulate the presence of skin Mm. a lot of skeptics are saying that this guy is a fraud and that this is likely basically modified corpses of children oh man which is really sad that's dark if true yeah really dark i mean we did talk about it like in you know on the path to disclosure it's like as one way or the other like as things are either confirmed that have been part of you know the collective lore surrounding et and uap for so long are either like confirmed or debunked either way it's like in that space of information becoming more available, there are other vacuums created. And in those spaces is where you're going to get like snake oil salesmen who are like, oh yeah, I have a thing. I saw a thing. And it's like, you know, they're the real world equivalent of just like posting for views, you know? So it's like, I understand the skepticism of it, you know, especially given the guy's history. If he's shown fraudulent, you know, quote unquote artifacts before now. Right. Totally. Hmm. They did run some x-rays. A bunch of researchers came in, you know, basically to probe this guy. 
Mm -hmm. pun intended. Yeah. And you know, to investigate his claims and his evidence. And one of the things that he claimed was that they would have to use more advanced technology than x-rays to determine if, or I'm sorry, one of the researchers says, like, we're going to need better, something better and more advanced than x-rays to determine whether these allegedly calcified bodies are non-human. I mean, yeah. Allegedly, this guy has also claimed that he has talked to the Virgin of Guadalupe. Ooh. And that extraterrestrials don't talk to... He talked to her? Yeah, allegedly. Okay. And that extraterrestrials do not talk to this researcher the way they talk to him because she does not believe in them. Uh, Which, like, okay. honestly, I, I can see an argument for that. Yeah. But, but also it's like every, but that's insane. I mean, just like apply that same logic to like any major world religion, like right. pick any of them. No, and totally. like, there is an instance in all of them of somebody who was not a believer having a meeting by force with the divine, right. whatever that equivalent is, and right. then becoming a believer. Right. So, so I'm like, mm. yeah. And then it also seems strange that like, if this did come from Peru, like why would this not be a treasure of the nation? You right. know? Why would the Peruvian ambassador not come along? Yeah. At the end of the day, the Mexican Congress was basically, they didn't take a position on anything. Mm -hmm. They just heard all perspectives, listening to all voices and all opinions. So, I don't know. I mean. I don't know. It's like, I kind of see it two ways. It's like, to the cause of UAP disclosure. And, and either like, just disclosing that there are things in the sky that we don't know what they are which america has done by this point already or if it's like full tilt disclosure of like there are other intelligent beings that either come from this planet and aren't human or they come from another planet and they travel to you like either like whatever full disclosure looks like it's like if there are people like this guy fabricating evidence to make worldwide news you know and like sort of put on the spectacle of like unveiling the body or whatever like at worst that's just gonna set back the conversation that much further because it's like okay yeah we're clearly not gonna give serious time effort money or attention to this because people are like making stuff up and none of it's real anyway but then it's also like on the other side of that coin it's like it did kind of urge the mexican congress to sort of like begin thinking of like okay well do we need to put forward any like new legislation because mm -hmm. like do we as a nation have any weak points because like if the u.s is operating a crash retrieval and reverse engineering program they're obviously going to be like applying whatever they learn to fortify their own defenses and it's like we don't have a crash retrieval program as mexico should we start thinking about ways we can protect ourselves for sure against vulnerabilities because it's not like the u.s is going to like show up and help mexico anybody else right. if like if if Mexico City or like who is the U.S. going to show up and wherever help, in like on another continent, if like if that's ground zero White for countries. like the invasion, it's not like the U.S. is going to come to that country's aid. They're going to be like mm, finger heart. Sorry, you didn't have your own crash retrieval program, right. but we're protecting ourselves. Okay, well anyway, Brett. But so all that to say, it's like I think ultimately good comes from it, even if the people making news are attempting to deceive, because it's like either way, more people are talking about UAP now. Government Governments are talking about their potential vulnerabilities as they relate to UAP, and I think that's only a good thing. I agree. Real bodies or fake bodies? Who knows? Real bodies. I still think it's cake. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense that people would want to hop on this bandwagon, mm -hmm. get, you know, get attention. For sure. There's I mean, going to be hoaxes, no doubt. Yeah. But the one thing that's not a hoax is David Grush. And speaking of David Grush, 
I mean, not like directly correlated, but like not far from NASA. We've been waiting on a report from NASA. So director of NASA, Bill Nelson said very publicly, we will be assembling a team that's going to have the directive of studying UAP, studying what we know, looking at data from submissions from people who have cited them from sort of like interdepartmental being like the Navy or the Air Force or da da da, whatever. This report had a deadline and that deadline came and went and we didn't have the report. So NASA was like officially overdue on this. And people started getting really upset. They're like, eh, wait a second. You get your budget because of taxpayers. You should be on time with your report unless you're like about to come out with some like world shaking news or something. And right. you're having to like, you know, maybe What's prep the a ex- little deadline more. extension all about, babe? Well, so the Did report you write to the professor and ask the for report extension? was released. Okay, late. Bye. Late. But I'm kind of of the opinion. It's like better late than never. Like, you know, it's like I'll take a couple of weeks late just to have the report. And you know it's like in it nasa read the whole thing nasa it's not very long it's like 30 something pages not very long for brett the ai well i mean just like not very long for like a like a governmental agency they're never giving us enough information report you know and it's like in them in the report they looked at hundreds of uap sightings that had data some of them were just sort of like yeah i saw a thing in this place on this day and the big takeaway Mm -hmm. is that there's no evidence of aliens being what's behind the unexplained phenomena that we call UAP. Uh-huh. But data is limited. Right. Um, according to Nicola Fox, who's the associate administrator for NASA's science mission directorate, mm-hmm. she said that NASA had appointed a new director of UAP research to, quote, establish a robust database for the evolution of future data because UAP are one of our planet's greatest mysteries. And she said the reason for that is because NASA, the Air Force, the Army, all the military wings basically are missing this one single repository where everybody can access the same data and she's like we're about to make that because we need that to arrive at a more conclusive answer okay a global repository yeah of just like sightings period wonderful what they're going to be doing also is implementing machine learning to sort of like comb through the sightings to sort of like identify patterns maybe flag ones that could be erroneous or flag you know submissions that are just like lacking or insufficient in data and may need to like have a closer eye turned on them to do that nasa have appointed a new director of uap research but gag it's rfk no (laughs) they're going full the masked singer on it they're not announcing the name Uh, of the person who is this new director because nasa have already received hordes of credible threats against whoever this person is from within the government All that's been said is they have received credible threats. So NASA is going full, like, top secret, above top secret. Like, we're not telling you who this person is because their safety and the safety of the program are at risk just by their nature of existing. And sorry, now restate what it is that this particular person is going to be doing? They're the new director of UAP research. So underneath them would be the team building this repository ostensibly the team of people who are like actually out collecting data in the 
first place. Scientists and researchers who were looking into sightings and data, maybe going out and testing, you know, like who knows like what that could look like, but like the head of all operations yeah. of NASA's new UAP study task force is having to work in secret because of credible threats to both them and the task force's life at NASA. Interesting. So you have to wonder like why? Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm thinking about David Grush, obviously, in his mm-hmm. testimony that he received threats from people that were like hostile to his inquiry. And these were individuals that were working in and outside of the government, mm-hmm. likely in my mind, defense contractors yeah. um, and people with like financial interests. But more importantly, security clearance. Yes. It's I like people so. that actually know what's going right, on. Right. Exactly. And don't want it to be explored. Right. For one reason or another. But you would just think like, okay, don't name him publicly. It doesn't mean like if, if that person goes poking around, you're not going to find out who it is, but maybe they'll operate, I guess, under a pseudonym. I'm, they're actually like operating in full like whatever the operational version of like being in a skiff yeah. is like those David secure... Rush really like i feel like did a lot of legwork for whoever that person is too. yeah i'm just like here's everything and everyone and i mean grush and his wife themselves have received credible threats to their 100%. lives and their livelihoods insane just for saying what they know insane so this report from nasa it's 36 pages in total it does give some answers to some of the sightings that it pulls from in its data set some of them were anomalous before its publishing and some of them remained anomalous after its publishing okay. so some of them they were able to attribute to like oh this was an actual like weather balloon it matches the wind speed so this is something that's moving only with the wind or this is a confirmed piece of space junk because we have it cataloged within our catalog of space junk like this is no longer anomalous Got it. some of them remained anomalous because they were not able to arrive at the final conclusion as to what they are and right. they ultimately remain uncategorized now like you said 36 pages is a lot i mean like that's a lot of words to put into something and but not that much for a government but document. not that much but like 36 pages is a lot of hay to make about when you're like trying to tell the story one way or the other that ets either do or don't exist you know it's like 36 pages is a lot of waxing poetic yes. to just say like it's true or it's not right but at the end of it like nasa are scientists so totally. they're following data they're kind of 100%. like you know bound to it in a way 100%. um and you know nasa is saying that like you know just because we don't for these cases that are remaining anomalous just because we don't have the answers in front of us today and just because we can't say right now that it is et it doesn't mean that they don't exist and it doesn't mean that that thing isn't an et we just don't have evidence to say anything else about it other than it was seen and cataloged on this day by this person at this place from a story on the bbc covering this report because i mean when the report was submitted it made headline news around the entire world because it's like what's more timely than aliens especially coming from like the space agency on the planet right on the very last page of the report the bbc says there is no reason to conclude that extraterrestrial Terrestrial sources are behind the hundreds of UAP sightings that NASA have investigated. Right, right, right. They're always saying this. But NASA said, however, if we acknowledge that as one possibility, and I'm actually just going to like pause my thought on BBC and I'm just going to read you the last paragraph. Okay, okay. For 36 pages, 36 and 7 eighths pages, okay. they're talking about the data we've seen. The data we've gathered, Uh here's the things we have answers for, these are still blank spaces, we have no evidence for aliens of non-human origin. Uh 
And, and then, then the very last paragraph. They say. At this point, there is no reason to conclude that existing UAP reports have an extraterrestrial source. Uh-huh. However, <gasps> if we acknowledge that as one possibility, then those objects must have traveled through our solar system to get here. Just as the galaxy does not stop at the outskirts of the solar system, the solar system also includes Earth and its environs. Thus, there is an intellectual continuum between extrasolar technosignatures, solar system SETI, and potential unknown alien technology operating in Earth's atmosphere. What? If we recognize the plausibility of any of these, then we should recognize that all are at least plausible. Okay. So NASA made 35 and 7 eighths pages about, yeah, no, it's not E.T. It's not aliens. You have to like debunk, 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 and then also say, like, you can't be... You can't want to believe, I feel like. That's the whole thing about yeah. empirical science. Yeah, is, we can want to believe. But I'm like, it's good that NASA is like, isn't here, leading. Some of these things are not that. But, like, but a lot of these things might be that. But just the balance of the report. Like right. for the majority, 99 point something percent of the report to be so, there's no evidence for it. No evidence for it. No evidence for it. And then the last word is like, but we're open to it. Right. I'm like, what yeah it might (laughs) be what do you what do you guys have i wonder at nasa that like you want to publish but you can't yet because you're waiting on like that final detail that would be like the nail in the coffin you know like i'm like it's crazy so my takeaway is from reading this report is if the truth is out there we haven't found it yet so not exactly what I wanted to read out of a NASA report as yeah. it related to UAP, but, you know, I'm sounds, still here for it. Sounds about <laughs> right. There's so much we'll talk. We There's still so much we could talk about, but you know what? That's what we have all season two for. And Patreon. And Patreon. It's still so, like, I. it's so good to be back in this second season. I, you know, I got so used to doing this every week that it's just so, like, living life was fun through the summer, you know, and, like, checking in with our friends over on Patreon was fun. We'll still be doing that, but this weekly show is just, like, where my heart is, I feel like, so. And, yeah, I feel like every, I feel like I'm meeting a lot of people lately that read the first book, and they're like, oh, man, it's just, like, the second book is so crazy. It's it's hard to get into, and it's, like, it's just fun to be like, well, guess what? You could just listen to our podcast. I know, and then also, like, on the the one hand, too, it's, like, when I hear people, because I've heard a lot of people say things like that also and i'm like wait a minute you mean to tell me you you did the absolute like trudge through the muck that is the first book by comparison and you didn't read the other two the other two are ones that like if you've got the download of the first book that's all the foundation you need and you can fly through the other two well and even though they're bigger it's funny it's reminding me of a couple of things one we brett and i had a great dinner this week with some new folks new friends yes and one of them was at a talk with Ken Liu. Yeah, crazy. And said that Ken Liu was like one of the most arrogant people he ever met. But I kind of love that. I like love if you that. translated the arguably biggest runaway international sci-fi bestseller, I'd have a big head too. Shit. Totally. And then I randomly ended up reading, coincidentally, a short story by Ken Liu mm-hmm. called The Paper Menagerie, which is absolutely fucking heartbreaking. Oh. I read the whole thing to Emily actually and she sobbed. Oh. And then the other thing that was funny. Oh. I wasn't joking about converting, by the way. So I hope that wasn't funny. No, no, no. That wasn't funny. That's happening. Welcome to the tribe. Uh, Well, not yet. I have to ask three times. That's true. I think four. Four times. But 
I have um, to get three no's first. But beside that, also just like thinking about how hard it is to read not hard it is to read these books, but they're not, they're very heavy science and the yeah. translations are very wordy. And well, uh, like even when it's something that like our hater kind of brought up and it's like, don't be mad at us. It's just the book. But like, even when something is like based in real science and then they fictionalize on top of it, they fictionalize in a way that it reads like, like technically like it's real science still. So it's like, if you don't even like have like a grasp of like what it's based on it's parts of it really can feel like you're reading a textbook i feel like 100 percent. and and i was talking with someone about like learning styles mm-hmm. visual learner, that was me you're a visual learner auditory we, we talked about this yeah it was at shabbos on friday well and then also i was thinking about that like reading mm-hmm. is like a fourth learning style like visual oh, yeah. and reading are not the same oh yeah there's tons of people that like Tons of couples that I know that like he'll listen to the audiobook and she'll read it or like she'll listen because it's more effective for her to like hear the author conveying their original meaning on the audiobook and he'll read because he's like, I don't give a fuck or like whatever. And like, you know how we were at this party and, and someone was telling us a story about someone and I was like, can you like reenact for me that person? Because uh-huh. I was like, I'm a visual learner. Like yeah. I need a reenactment in order to understand things, yeah. you know, and that's the way I feel like I best communicate what happens in this book but i will say like reading is not fundamental my... but it is what well, i was gonna say i think reading is not my number one learning type mm. you know because it is an abstraction of meaning i mean yeah you have really to symbolic. i feel like the people that learn easiest through reading are the ones that like their mind's eye like if you ask them to you. describe an apple they imagine no it's not me you like read i do okay very well. i do okay learning from reading but i also like it has to be a combination of like both reading and putting it into practice In sometimes aesthetic. simultaneously mm. for like both sides of my brain to be like oh that's what's talking it. about because sometimes if i just read it even though i understand every word that i read my brain's like i'm not putting this together for you and see for me it's like i need to draw it almost mm. like i need to mm-hmm. draw what i'm reading in order to fully absorb it like everything is a diagram in my mind. Yeah. Every paragraph, every piece of information, like is a picture. Oh, cool. Um, which is weird because yeah. I don't know that like my stream of consciousness is particularly visual. But when it comes well, yeah. to information processing, like I need That's the best way. To envision it. Mm-hmm. Anywho, without any further ado. Well, I was gonna say, so like did you have to do things like that to process this chapter we're gonna dive into today? Um because for my part of it, there are new character alerts. Yes. Kind of like by the dozen. I mean, not really. I've got like three new character alerts for totally. all of you this week. And I mean, I think I think when it comes to recapping and like, mm-hmm. you know, reading this book and, and taking notes on it, the best way I absorb it is by like almost creating like a theater, as the, we all know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. I have to watch it play out. Literally making like a musical out of mm-hmm. it, like re reenacting it from my own understanding. I was talking to Michelle the other day. I was like, I need a mnemonic. Oh, we were trying to, we were going over the different Jewish prayers for Rosh Hashanah. Uh-huh. And I, I was like, I keep confusing the prayer over bread and the prayer over wine. Okay. And I was like, I just need a mnemonic. And she goes, See, like, I still probably doesn't stick, but it was like mm-hmm. She goes Hagafen, a dolphin in water. That's liquid. That's wine. <laughs> Wait, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, Hagafen is wine, but like, see, Hagafen, it a dolphin, it's right liquid away. wine. What? I like that. Right. The so mnemonics are ridiculous, <laughs> but like, if they stick, they stick. Hey, but it sticks. That's how you get get through college. 
Well, uh, well, get your mnemonics ready. I'm going to do my best to ease us through these new character alerts. Yeah, thank you so much. It's a lot of information here. Because I'm going to tell you their names, but I'm also going to keep reminding you of like what their context is based on like what they're doing or what purpose they're serving. Okay. Because great. I feel like if you just know a name, especially when like, you know, the Netflix series isn't out yet. So it's like you don't even have like There's the actor so portraying names. the person to be like, oh, this person they're talking about is this person from the show, da da da. So I'm gonna try and like ease us through that, even though we're just meeting these people for the first exactly. time. Exactly. I need you to anchor these names in like archetype, right? Like the clown. Prepare yourself. Okay, good, good. Part one of the Dark Forest. The wall facers. Roll the tape. Okay, so part one. We're going to break up, I mean, if you're reading along, this book is structured a little bit differently than the first book, The Three-Body Problem. It is still... I don't know why, but Brett says I'm going to find out. It's still very, like, chapterified, but the chapters are far fewer and much longer. (laughs) Like, so we're going to be not necessarily going... How many chapters are in this book? In this one? (laughs) I don't see any chapters. Well, in... I only see parts. It's the prologue. It's part one which is like, you know, a hundred something pages. It's part two. Pages. It's part two, which is also like a hundred and something pages. Right. And then part three, which is like about 110 pages. And then we so get an excerpt points. from oh. Ball Lightning. Whoa! The prequel? The prequel. Weird. Weird. Okay. Well, anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves, literally. We are getting ahead of ourselves. Part one, the wall facers. And like off the bat, <laughs> new character alert. We've got Wu Yue. And for context, Wu Yue is the current captain of the PLA army. Got it's it. like all the you need to know. Liberation Army. Yes, he is their captain. So oh, Captain, s- my captain. Yeah. Oh, Captain, my captain. Yes. We start at this part during year three of a crisis era. We know at this point the Trisolarian fleet is 4.21 light years from reaching our solar system. Which is how many regular years? 4.21? Because light years is distance. Well, light years are distance. Right. So it's 4.21 far years away. How far a photon moving at light speed can go in one standard year of Earth time. Right. So... I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> One light year takes about 37.2 thousand Earth years with our current technology for us to travel. Right, right, for us to travel. So we started this part during year three of a crisis era. And On we know that at this point, because remember from the first book, the Trisolarian fleet, they have left Trisolaris right. and they're like, Earth is here. We're going to go there. Right. That's going to be our new we home. Gotta we hit can it. be stable for fucking ever. Earth is like their Lexapro, you know, like they're just, we they're looking for their stability. Forever. Yeah. So the Trisolarian fleet is 4.21 light years from Earth at this point. Right. We find ourselves in a shipyard. Okay. And the only person here is this new character alert, Wu Yue, who is the captain of the PLA Navy. Off in the horizon, we see sort of like on the water at the docks, there's a new ship that's being built. It's called Tang. T-A-N-G, a tongue. And from the book, I couldn't really get a sense of how big it is other than the fact that it's so massive and it's taken so long to get to even, like, it's not done yet. But it's taken so long to get to even the point that it is today that to everybody on the ground, it looks like an abandoned military fortress. It's just this huge, hulking, like, 
thing of like metal and sparks flying from all the welders and like rivets being put. It's just like a sight to be seen. Something that I thought was kind of cool from the book too, this project of building the tongue has been going on for so long that it looks more like an archaeology dig mm. than a construction effort mm. because it's like rusting because they're not finished with it yet. Damn. Like it's, it's that big that it like is almost too big to build Got with it. like even modern construction methods. It looks like a, right, got it, I got it. Like a destroyer level big shit. Damn. You don't even realize like you're on a structure basically. Yeah. Like a land. Yeah. And obviously as the captain of the PLA Navy, Wu Yue in his position has been sort of following the progress of the construction of this ship and sort of like being at the docks and at the wharf and like constantly seeing this thing always being worked on, but it doesn't ever look like any progress is being made on it. Mm. Wu Yue kind of thinks to himself, he's like, will the empty spot ever be filled? Mm. And I was just like, we stand emo King. He's like, he's standing <laughs> on the docks watching this progress, like this watching this project being, you know, worked on. And he's like, Oh, there is a void and it's never going to get filled. So would you say his archetype is emo boy? This is emo King. Emo Wu King. Yue. Wu Yue. So, There's a hole in my heart. First song of the season. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Would the empty spot ever be filled on the tank? Or will I have to watch it get built for all eternity? The tank. I imagine it's kind of like Sisyphus in a way. Yeah, like, like this <gasps> this ship, the tang, is like his boulder. He's continually having to like just you know like watch be pushed up this hill even though it's not going anywhere yeah i like that that's a little more like got my life in two pieces this is my last warship <laughs> you know so construction no ending can't get a rivet into the own siding i don't know i'm just like i'm terrible with him no no you're no you're great so you're incredible emo king Wu Yue yes. is like watching this progress never really making progress he's lost in this kind of like intrusive thought of like almost hopelessness right we're like it's never gonna be done what is this effort for you know it's like big kind of heady what does it mean oh my god miley (laughs) so he distracts himself from these intrusive thoughts Uh and he strikes up a conversation with a blast from the past do you remember zhang beihai not at all what (laughs) zhang beihai is the political commissar in the pla navy the commissar he's also now a space force officer Zhang Beihai. I don't remember him at all. That's okay. Where did we meet him? At Radar Peak. Oh, the commissar. But no, I thought it was Commissar Lei. It was, but he was replaced. By. Because he died. Right. Because he was killed. Well, more appropriately. So he was replaced by Beihai. The way I remember. Well, whatever you say. That's what we're saying. (laughs) No, keep going. So. Leave that in. (laughs) Zhang Beihai, the political commissar. Who you may or may not remember because he may or may not have been there. But we're saying it. Is standing near enough to Wu Yue on the docks watching this construction that Wu Yue is like, I can't think about this anymore. Like, it's not productive. Right, right. Hey, by the way, Literally Zhang me Beihai, thinking so, about filling up gas. It's like, I yeah, can't think about this anymore. It's just, not I, productive. I can't. I have to do something else. So expensive. So, to Zhang Beihai, he's like, hey, by the way, how is your dad? Has he gotten any better? He's like, by the way, what do you order 
from in and out when you <laughs> and Zhang is like what's your order no actually like my dad's holding on by a thread like thanks he's, for asking he's just getting worse oh, but always so hard thanks for checking in and Wu is like well why don't wait like if that's the case why don't you take leave and go see him and Zhang is like no like I'll deal with that when I have to like I'm waiting for him to die basically mm. like I'm not gonna go see him I'll deal with that like when I absolutely have to got it relatable king am mm. I right mm-hmm. like relatable king Zhang Behai and emo king Wu Yue love chatting on the docks Got chatting on the docks sitting on the docks of the yard and like that's a pretty like you know it kind of seems like Zhang doesn't really want to talk to Wu Yue he's like I'll deal with it when I have to it's just very like to the point like right, right. stop asking me stuff it's like not quite even small it's small talk but it's also like you're but asking like, me about my dying father it's I know it's not like you really the small weirdest talk. fucking thing to shoot the shit about but I don't know I don't know how like in America it's really hard to talk about death I don't, Period, I don't know yeah. what it's like in China maybe a little more casual well, these two stop talking. Okay. They have a history. Awkward. Well, <laughs> Long, so awkward silence. We learn from the narrator that these two have a history of, like, almost saying what they want to to each other, but always stopping shy of it because, like, whatever's going on around them becomes more important. And it's, okay. like, usually, like, the work. So or... do do an awkward silence with me, and, like, then I want you to, like, break the silence with whatever is next. Okay. So they have a history. No, no, you haven't. You haven't. Of almost saying what they want to, but they don't. Okay, okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking that's kind of hot, right? Okay. Like, am I projecting? Maybe. I'm like, Wait. Do I want these two to fall in love? Kiss already, kiss. you know? Okay, so what does he say? But so we learn also the dynamic between these two is so close, not because we're about to get the Chinese sci-fi gay love drama that I always wanted and didn't know so that I needed. So that's not where this book is going? It's not no where spoilers. It's going, <laughs> they're so close because they're sharing the same position within the Navy. They're both assigned to be commander of the eventually to be completed Tong warship. Got it. Destroyer warship. Got it. I think destroyer is actually the word that the book uses. Okay. That's very battleship. Very battleship. So the two, these two guys are like very close in day in, day out sort of operations. And Wink. to Wu Yue, Commissar Zhang is like a mystery. Mm. Like Wu oh. Yue kind of goes about his job and life in general communicating pretty openly. And especially with Zhang, he's like, we have to work closely together. I'm going to stay in sort of like open, constant communication with you about like what's going on how i'm feeling I'm like depressed. everything yeah. right mm-hmm. but zhang to everybody remains this like guarded mystery mm-hmm. like he's got walls up mm-hmm. he doesn't ever really you know say how he's thinking or feeling very... he's just very like just i'm i'm just gonna do my job and i'm just gonna go home and i'm got just it. gonna come back tomorrow like very just like great foundation for a love story by the book yeah although as guarded as he remains Mm -hmm. commissar zhang almost has this like near psychic ability to Mm -hmm. just like look at somebody and truly know their intentions Mm -hmm. or how they're so like he's very empathetic Mm-hmm. Even though he doesn't give that to anybody like around him. Aw, softy. Wu Yue, in his heart, he's like, I know that Commissar Zhang is the best 
other captain of this ship that it could have besides me. Like, I know him. I know that he's he's laser focused. We're a good team. He's exact and efficient in his work. Uh But he's thinking to himself, he's like, when it comes to Zhang, like on the inside, there's no color. There's no definition. It's just this swirl of like mysterious grays that could mean anything, but don't mean anything because he's so like, he obfuscates so much of like what he thinks and how he feels. Right, right. What a meditation. Yeah. For Wu Ye on. And it's almost like Zhang can tell anybody how to do something correctly or how to do it, like, quote unquote, the right way because it's like the way that he wants it done. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like what he himself wants and what drives him, it's a mystery mm. because it's so like right. you know murky. Totally, and he's just showing up and he's doing his job. And he's doing it well, but who are you? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, what you do you know, go home and night think about? I'm still projecting this gay love story because I'm like, why would he care? Otherwise? So, so is he gonna break the ice? So, who <clears throat> is starting to obsess a little bit at this point? Okay. Obviously, he's like Jesus. lost in a daydream of like, what? God, are, I hope this is relevant. What are Zhang? <laughs> what are Zhang Beihai's like motivations? You know, and he's thinking basically like, we're sharing this position of leadership. It's a dangerous job to captain a destroyer and we work so closely together. So like, why is he guarding himself from me? Like, am I giving off something that says like, don't trust me? Oh my God. This is neurotic housewife energy. It's neurotic as fuck. And I'm just going to tell you if like people's neuroses are a turnoff for you, you're really going to hate where this series is going. Oh God. Because like the category (laughs) is neuroses. Really? Yeah. Really? So I thought this was a sci-fi, not a psychological thriller. It is, but baby, it gives and it gives and it gives. Like, Cixin Liu, like, really wanted to do, like, a fucking, inv- like, what's the word? A- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> can't you see my thoughts? I'm not Zhang Beihai. I'm not a Sofan. When even a Sofan can't read no, minds. No, we'll get to that we'll later. So, Commissar Zhang is, like, aware. Like, you know how, like, when, when people just sort of, like, dissociate and they're, like, staring into the middle distance? You're like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, yeah. hello, it pay hurt. attention. Uh-huh. Zhang snaps Wu Yue out of this little, like, fevered dream of, like, neuroses. Okay, got it. Of obsession. Over. And he's like, let's go see the ship up close. He's like, like we're standing here on the docks. <laughs> All we're seeing is, like, glitter falling as they're, you know, as they're, like, welding things in right. place. Like, Love let's go that. see the Beautiful. Thing. At that moment, they both receive a text message, and it <laughs> says, get back to the car now like immediately and the two of them are like oh fuck something's probably happened because that usually means an emergency like a weather alert yeah because back in the vehicle is the only place where there's the secure you know like think like what's it called like the beast like the the presidential limo that like has secure lines and bulletproof glass and like all this stuff that's the only place they can get actual sort of like direct downloads from the battle command center so they get back to the car the line is ringing they pick up the phone and on the other end is an advisor at battle group hq got it and they're like hey what's going on like why did we just have to it's like basil leave our daydream to come like take a phone call right and whoever is on the other phone gives them emergency orders and they are these report to general staff immediately okay and i'm like fuck what did i do like am i in trouble right and same for them they're like what the fuck are they serious like half of our team is out training on the water right now on like a stand-in ship waiting for this one to be finished Mm -hmm. the other half of the team is going to be going out to join them in like a day and a half okay we can't be leaving to go somewhere like we have to we have jobs to do here right what the fuck is going on is hq far 
Well, I mean, it's far enough that it's going to like take them physically away from the right. water. You can imagine it's probably like at least in city center or something right. in Beijing, not like on the coast right. like at the docks. Probably like a couple hours. Yeah. So they're like, what the fuck? But then, you know, the voice on the other end is like, mm, I hear what you're saying about training and all that. But like, I don't really know or give a fuck about any of that. Yeah. Because I just gave you a directive. Come here. Did you hear me? Right now. Come here now. See you soon. So they hang up the phone. The two glance at each other like, are you fucking serious? Have a brief moment where like neither of them are having to say anything. But for the first time in this entire scene, the two of them are like right on the same page with each other without having to be like, here's how I think or how I feel or whatever. Like, great. We got to go to do this. And the two of them are thinking like effectively like, lol, that fucking boat is never getting finished. Right. Like they keep bringing other stuff up. This is obviously not stupid bureaucracy. Yeah. Okay. So now we go to a they're news. Gonna, they get there and they're like, so it's come to our attention that someone is eating uh, the my turkey sandwiches it's that, that I left in the fridge. It's that. It's who moved my cheese. And we're going to get to the bottom of it right mm-hmm. here, right now. Yep. And I just want to know. Yep. Everyone open Was your it mouths. You? We're smelling your breath. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now we go to a new scene. Okay. We'll see those characters, Wu Yue and Zhang Beihai again. Oh, we're going to an entirely new scene. But not right now. We're cutting away from HQ. We are in a whole new part of the city, baby. So now. A whole new part of the world? Sorry, not the city yet. We're on the other side of the world now. Hey. So now. Amid a snowy wonderland that's taking place at Fort Greeley, which is a military station in Alaska. Mm-hmm. For reference, in the actual, like our actual world, Fort Greeley, it's a military base that supports Alaska's National Guard. And it also operates and maintains the ground-based mid-course defense, okay. which is, i.e., that's missiles coming out of silos. Gotcha. So it's one of those kind. It's kind of, I think, like Malmstrom that had their nukes deactivated by the UAP. It's like a version of that, but in Alaska. Got it. So this scene, you know, the the other one was like very loud. Lots of like rivet guns going off. This one is peaceful. Birds chirping. Bears catching salmon in their mouths. Snow on the ground. It's that. It's frozen. The ground is covered by a really thick blanket of snow. Bears hibernating. There's deer just sort of like walking through. Maybe a bunny. It's idyllic. You know, like it's the picture of like a Norman Rockwell kind of like painting of like this is Alaska in the winter. Gorge. But that silence kind of gets punctuated by what starts off as kind of like a low vibration and then a rumble. And then it's like, is it an earthquake? No, it's getting louder. Is it a train? No, it's getting even louder. And off in the distance, there's this structure in the snow that kind of looks like, imagine if you took a chicken egg and you buried half of it. Mm -hmm. So you only saw sort of like the kind of pointed top part of it is sticking out of the snow okay but it cracks in the middle oh and it starts splitting in two okay and almost like opening okay and the noise is getting louder all right and the vibrations are getting bigger okay and then this very loud very fast like shaking rumbling roaring sound takes over the entire area and from this like egg thing that's like splitting in half okay. a fire starts to build out of the top what? of it and what happens is a cylinder rises okay. and then you realize that this cylinder is rising out of the egg it leaves the ground and disappears into the sky leaving a visible trail of smoke behind it oh my god baby we just saw a missile launch whoa happen in Alaska hey so now love that knowing that an ICBM just left 
left the state of Alaska to go who knows where the fuck. Right. Someplace specific, I'm sure. Now we go inside the base and we kind of start to meet some of the people in Alaska. at this base in Alaska. Okay. Introduce me. Apparently, these people on the base were like actively trying to cancel that launch sequence. Really? But they were obviously not able to. Wow. They're like, what the fuck is the system even attacking? Like amongst themselves. They're looking at all the screens on the walls. All the metrics are going off. Alarms are blaring. They're like, what the fuck Who was launched that? It? Like to themselves, they're all like, oh, I don't know. I just thought it was nothing. I don't know. Did you do that? I didn't do it. And then some person's like, I just saw the warning and the, like we were seconds away from canceling it. Ugh. Like oh. what's, what just happened? New character alert. Okay. Introduce me. Introduce me like you're actually introducing me to them like Allie Allie I have the distinguished honor <laughs> of introducing you to a, a recent recent would you say yeah recent like in the past like month oh my god I had the pleasure of a meeting what, did you guys run into each other at the farmer's market no I I <sighs> Did you guys meet at the climbing gym? It's, it's actually classified. Got but it. I can tell you that I'm pleased to introduce you to my now friend. Yeah? General George Fitzroy. General Fitzroy. It's an honor. I've heard absolutely nothing about you. Let me tell you. He is the coordinator at... Tell me if I'm getting this right. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. He's the coordinator at the Planetary Defense Council. Ah, he's also, the PDC. He's also the military liaison to the Hubble 2 project, which I'll, I'll tell H2P. you more about later. <laughs> okay. And he's also a, a general in the United States military. So ah, the USM. Highly decorated. So this fort here is his entire operation. Well, Allie Horan, podcast host, really nice to meet you. So General Fitzroy is our new character alert for okay. this scene. Okay. This I already have an impression of him just by his name. You know, I'm sure Fitzroy? he's got like a very high high and tight haircut very high it's probably and tight. silver he's maybe in his 60s yeah. or like late 50s at least you know like that kind of thing military distinguished yeah. he served american, many deployments american generations of americans yeah. have uh led him he definitely hunts world. moose in his free time yeah you know like that kind of guy. his daddy his daddy's daddy and his daddy's daddy's daddy all fought in the military very that so general fitzroy mm-hmm. is in charge of nuclear missile defense because that's this base's directive but it's one of his new jobs duties okay so he hasn't been doing it for very, we don't know what he was doing before but like this is kind of like a newish post for him gotcha so arguably general fitzroy is not as up to speed on all the ins and outs as i guess one could be in his position mm-hmm. and a worker there in the control room answers his question because he is the one who's like what the fuck were we even just targeting and a worker is like oh general do you remember last year on that maintenance mission that we took to the international space station and he's like mm, yeah the worker is like well we lost part of the heat shield that we were replacing and so we had to catalog that piece of the heat shield as space junk because it didn't come back to earth it didn't burn up in the atmosphere like it's just one of the new space junk items that we created got it i would be willing to bet that this missile locked onto the space junk thought it was an enemy and targeted that erroneously oh my god and the general's like okay fuck but if that's the case shouldn't that space junk like i don't know be findable in a catalog or something and the person's like you weren't listening it is 
Yeah. C, here, pulls it up onto a computer and is like, oh, it like, you know, this photo we have was probably taken by an amateur astronomer, but like, it is cataloged. We know about it. We right. created the space junk. Right. So then everybody in the control room is mad. They're all like, well, if we know about space junk, why the fuck did we allow the missile to target it? Why totally. did nobody cancel it? Like, what's happened? We could have just started World War Three, Four, you know, whatever at right. this point. Right. General Yikes. Fitzroy is like, ultimately, we didn't cancel that launch because not all of the data from the old system has been migrated or even programmed to work with our new system. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm a human and human response time is a lot shorter than response time from a supercomputer. So when we need a response quickly, we can't rely on ourselves because like, what if we make a mistake? If it is space junk and we use a nuclear warhead to blow up a piece of space junk, no harm, no foul. But if it's a Sophon attempting to unfold oh, shit. and we decide, oh, you know what? Actually, don't fire on it. That could be the end of humanity. Uh-oh. So fun alert. So then this guy, Raider, is his name. Who is the guy who's like... Raider. Let me show you the Got image. It. He's like the nerd. Uh-huh. Raider is starting to get kind of angry. Okay. Partially that this conversation is even happening mm-hmm. because on the one hand, he's like, can we just be real for a second? The supercomputer didn't recognize space junk as being any different from an enemy first strike. Mm-hmm. First of all, like that's a huge red flag. Secondly, I searched through our database manually and found an image of this space junk for you when the supercomputer didn't even know that the photo existed. because the data hasn't been migrated to the supercomputer yet. So he's like, I'm annoyed that in this moment I'm like operating quote unquote better than a supercomputer Uh and that I'm having to entertain this conversation with all of you fuckwits. Like this is all moot and dumb as fuck that we're doing this. So Raider's like kind of on one because he is over it. Got it. The conversation turns to the missile, whether or not it's going to arrive at its target. And between everybody in the control room, they're all like, oh, you know what? I bet we'll be able to see it once it makes impact. Okay. So they're all like looking at the monitors and someone's like, no, you can see it with your eye. Let's go outside and like watch for it. Okay. So somebody's like, what do you mean? And Raider, you know, photo, space junk Raider is like, it was carrying a nuclear warhead. It's like a 1.5 kiloton nuclear warhead. You will be... It's going to look like a supernova. You're going to see it up in the atmosphere. So then everybody runs outside. They're scanning through the sky, trying to just like see what would look like a new star on the horizon. But it's really this missile hitting this space junk. Damn. And they don't see it. And they're like, oh, weird. Maybe it's off course maybe it actually fell back down into the ocean maybe it didn't actually have a nuclear warhead Uh, on it like what's going like we should be seeing it right right, now right and so then someone's like oh well maybe we were too slow maybe it happened already maybe we missed it or maybe it hasn't happened yet Mm -hmm. almost Mm -hmm. and then the conversation turns to like well maybe there's a sofa on here and maybe it's already unfolded, and so we wouldn't be able to see the missile hitting because the Sophon could be in front of it. Because if you remember, like, the Sophon is the size of a proton. Right, tiny. But it's in, like, 11 dimensions. Right. So when it unfolds Huge. to our third dimension, it could become bigger than our solar system, even. So they're like, oh, well, I don't know, maybe there's a Sophon out there. Captain Wu Yue, 
Space Junk Raider and some of the others start shooting the shit now that the explosion seems like highly unlikely. Mm -hmm. And we learn that the PR machine of the military, very true to our own, is like up and running. Like, we love a PR machine. We recently learned about the history of public relations, which Mm. we can talk about another time, but maybe on Patreon. It was very interesting. The general, like, obviously, you know, for him to have already been like, you know what, we didn't cancel this launch because humans don't always know best. And maybe at some point, we're going to have to rely on a supercomputer because a human is going to fail us or something. Mm -hmm. So the PR machine that's behind the general and the military is like already starting to sort of like put its motions into play because like they're obviously not going to be like, whoops, we sent up a 1.5 kiloton nuke into the atmosphere by accident. (laughs) Sorry. Instead, they're all kind of like, he's definitely going to like use this as sort of like a PR talking point to say publicly, America is the first country to have any sort of planetary defense system that's up and running. Mm. Look at us. Mm. We've done it, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Space Junk Raider is like, for what it's worth, if the SOFON does unfold again, it's going to be so huge in our atmosphere that we will actually have a good chance of destroying it if we try. Right. But then someone else is like, Raider, what's the use? Trisolaris is still going to be on its way to our solar system. Like, what's the use in destroying one so far? And then Raider drops a little pearl that I thought was interesting. He's like, oh my God, I totally forgot. Yesterday, I met this Chinese colonel who told me that she has the name of a Japanese girl. Okay. Tomoko. Okay. Which it's given as a footnote by the translator that Tomoko literally means knowledge particle. And that's how that scene ends. Raider is like, by the way, guys, I thought it was so strange. We're talking about Sofans right now. I met a Chinese woman yesterday who's a colonel in the PLA who has a Japanese name that That means means knowledge knowledge particle. particle. And that's the end of that scene. The fuck? Now we have a new scene. Oh my god. So far this book is so like It's kind of fragmented. But Yes, but I know it's you just be, have to hang on. Every tapestry starts as a million threads. It's true, it's true. And this is the thing about reading a book is like you got to hang on cuz it's not going to make sense until you're kind of halfway through. Yeah. It takes a lot it, like for me anyway, the beginning of a book takes the most brain power Absolutely. because I have to learn everything you need to learn, understand. Like I physically am holding space in my brain for different bubbles that contain people and their networks until the bubbles get close enough they like merge. So if you're like confused or you're like this is a lot of information don't worry. That's why we're here and I'm with you. I'm like Jesus another scene but okay. (laughs) (laughs) But so now we do have. Not another chapter but another scene. One more scene. We open this one with a man who recently retired from working in a chemical plant in Beijing. Okay. This man's name is Zhang Yuanxiao. So this scene takes place the day after he filed his retirement papers and left his job at the chemical plant where he worked for more than 40 years. So Bye. this is taking place on this man's like Not first gonna miss ya. day of like retirement. work freedom. Woo-hoo. You know, like he's got his life back. He could do whatever the fuck he damn well He's pleases. taking on hobbies. Yeah. He's like smoking weed. Whole new lease on life. Love it. The he's day writing be- his novel. No, literally. He's writing a book called The Dark Forest or something. <laughs> the day before, on the day that he filed filed his retirement papers his neighbor and his friend new character alert lao yang 
yeah. was like, wow, today's the day? You should be so excited. Like, this is the first chance you have since childhood to have another childhood. He's I, like, really? Childhood goes until 16 and then it's over and you become an adult. But as soon as you retire, that's your second childhood. You should be so stoked about this because you get to enjoy life again. I wonder, like, if Cixin Liu, like, actually identifies with one character most. I know. I'm right? so like, I'm curious to know. He? I think that's what I would ask him if we, like, saw him it's in a like, talk. Which character do you think you are? Yeah. I wonder. I kind or maybe of feel an like... amalgamation of all of them. You're like, right. who knows? Right. I mean, I'm sure an amalgamation, but I really wonder who the most. Yeah. Dingy. Yeah, Wenji. This new guy. Who knows? But so <laughs> recently retired Zhang, yeah. just hyped up by his neighbor the day before. He's he's like thinking about this message of congratulations that Lao Yang gave to him. Mm-hmm. And he's aware that like everything in his life is like fine. Like just just like fine. Like not great, not bad. He has what he needs, but not in excess. He's like, yeah, sure, this is fine. But as he's like looking out his window in his apartment over Beijing, he feels no joy. Like nothing is warm in his heart. He's definitely not like excited about his retirement. And he's thinking to himself, he's like, well, this definitely doesn't feel like the beginning of a second childhood. Like this guy's drunk on something. Lao Yang, his neighbor, tells him, well, like, I'm sorry you feel that way, but, like, why don't you go and learn new things? You have all this time. Why right. Don't you, why don't you use it? Like, right. learn the internet that you've never had to use before. Like, babies use the internet. Get an iPad. Download Photoshop. <laughs> but the thing about it, like, Lao Yang, his neighbor, is trying to be helpful, but Zhang doesn't give a fuck about the outside world. Like, right. he's worked in this chemical plant for the past 40 years, and that's been his life day in, day out, and, like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Lao Yang, the neighbor by comparison, yeah. he's kind of giving me the vibe of like, you know that, like whether or not they're your friend, I feel like everybody knows a person, whether liberal or conservative, who is like so terminally online that like they're the ones that know about things almost like before they happen. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm different. I am an integrated neural network. That's right. That has been now, as of season two, installed into an organoid body. So I'm ambulatory, baby. I'm walking around this bitch. But it's dangerous, but helpful. Yeah. So Lao Yang, the name largely helpful, is like very plugged in. I never cook anymore. Terminally online TM versus Zhang is like, I don't care. I'm living in the world, but I'm not terminally online. Him, oh, got it. Got it. I was like, T.O.? No, no. Terminally no. online? Got so, it. Love that. Zhang is like... You know who's really terminally online? Who? Boomers. Besides Taylor Lorenz, that is her book. Oh, really? Maybe it's extremely online. I don't know. Oh. Sorry, Taylor. Sorry. It's boomers, though. They're so, glued to their phones. Okay, stop. Stop. We're just, we're, we're devolving. <laughs> Lao Yang, the neighbor, yeah. who is like so in tune with everything, yeah. he's like, Zhang, why don't you pay attention to national and world affairs then? Like, you don't have to learn to use the internet. Why don't you just like start watching the news? Love like, that. the fact that you don't care about the outside world, friend, is your biggest failure. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, I love friends that like keep it so real. They're like, hey, I like you, but this is your biggest failure. Quarter- you don't oh, give yeah. a shit about anything outside yourself. That's kind of fucked up. Put on the morning show. But Zhang's like, why should I give a fuck about world affairs? And his neighbor, Lao Yang, is like well i mean zhang you might be living the life of a commoner but everything that happens affects you in one way or another because mm. like really that's true in our world and also anybody that like pretends otherwise is either just like lying to themselves or like not willing to admit it 
publicly. Right. Lao Yang is like yeah. every major issue, whether it's happening here in Beijing or if it's happening in another country far away, every law that gets passed, every resolution that comes through the United Nations, like all of these things are connected to your life. And all of them are going to affect you either directly or indirectly. So why would you willingly choose to ignore all of it? Right. I mean, this is a debate I get into with people all the time of like, read the news or not to read the news. Yeah. It's do you ostrich and protect your peace or do you sort of like never know a moment's peace because you're aware of everything that's happening? <laughs> exactly. It's a balance. It is. And so Zhang is like amused by this, but he's also like, this guy's fucking crazy. So he laughs at him. Mm -hmm. He's not offended by his friend's little outburst. Right. Because like he does know that his friend is right, but he's also like, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> People don't change. Yeah. So Zhang, recently retired, but now in present day, sometime later, arrives at his friend's door, Lao Yang, and he rings the bell. When Lao Yang gets to the door and opens it, Zhang is thinking to himself, he's like, he looks like he just got home. Like, where has he been? And so I'm just kind of imagining that, like, he comes to the door in one of those, like, juicy couture, like, crushed velour velvet jumpsuits. Love. I mean, that's how I want to retire Ooh. anyway. <laughs> Zhang's like, where did you go? And Lao Yang is like, oh, I just went to the market. I saw your wife, actually, while I was there. And Zhang is like, why is this place so dead? It feels like our apartment building is a mausoleum. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Uh -huh. It's not a holiday. Where's all the people? And Yang his neighbor is like ah my friend if only you watch the news welcome to retirement like at least you weren't a political leader those guys really have a hard time whenever they retire Got like they're it. so used to people being around them like Got this is just it. a little thing He's you'll like, get this over is just it nine to five yeah like you'll adjust it's right. fine oh by the way come on why don't we go down to the community center to see what we can do for fun there today maybe they have an activity we can go do and wow. i'm like oh that sounds like a fucking dream a little bingo yeah and so zhang is like listen yang i'm not saying what i mean i'm i'm feeling weird but not because i retired like mm -hmm. sure the people being around i just like i've never noticed it because i haven't been here during the day he's like i'm feeling weird because of the world's situation mm -hmm. and like keep in mind it's been like maybe a couple of weeks since that last conversation of Lao Yang being like why don't you watch the news right. or I don't know be aware of anything not and yourself he? and Yang is like wait hang on you're telling me you feel weird because of the world situation Yang's like oh my god I never thought I would live to see the day where I heard those words come out of your mouth like what's gotten into you Sounds you're watching like the, someone started you're watching paying the attention. news what the fuck and Yang's like yeah like you're right you're right you're right you're right you told me enough times but like I turned on MSNBC and now I'm addicted to Rachel Maddow he was like I didn't give a fuck before but the issues that we face have gotten so big I can't not care about them so like overnight he became like you know climate truther uap truther against big fossil fuel you know, like all the things right informed and yang is like well you know what this is funny i actually don't care anymore wow. i haven't watched the news in weeks tables have turned he's like why bother yourself yang no one can overcome what humanity is facing even if we destroy a sofon we'll all be gone in 400 years anyway because while they are only you know 4.2 whatever light years away from earth that's about 400 Earth years right. before the Trisolarian fleet will arrive Crazy. there. Crazy. He's like, what does it matter? Like, by the time 400 years comes and goes, they're going to be here, probably with more Sofons, right. and then what are we going to do? Aww. Why don't you just live? Like, have a nice time. Damn, that really puts in perspective, like, life is so short. Yeah, really and truly. We're going to be old and mm -hmm. then we're going to die. And so when Yang is like, brother, just live. Like, don't worry about so much stuff. <laughs> 
Zhang has this kind of like cognitive dissonance, right? right? Cause like the roles have very clearly reversed. Right. He's like, this is somebody that I'm friends with, but like, I never have known them to operate in this level of like, I don't give a fuck. Right. Right. And then he snaps out of it. Okay. He like looks at his watch. Like, fuck, what time is it? Oh, I have to turn on the news. It's time for and, the news. And the headline on the news is something to the effect of this. We now have breaking news. Good evening. The Associated Press reports that at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the 29th, the U.S. National Missile Defense System successfully completed the test destruction of a lower-dimensional unfolded SOFON in near-Earth orbit. Remember the PR machine at work? Oh, shit. This is the third test of an NMD intercept since targets were shifted to outer space. The latest target was the reflective film discarded from the International Space Station last October. A Planetary Defense Council spokesman said that the warhead equipped interceptor successfully destroyed the 3,000 square meter target. This means that well before the SOFON's three-dimensional unfolding reaches sufficient area, and before it presents a reflective surface that is a threat to human targets on the ground, the NMD system will be able to destroy it. Okay, and it's like, is this true? It's like, is it true, or is that just spin from the military? Right. And Yang, who, like, doesn't watch the news anymore, yeah. but is now being forced to in his own home, is like... <laughs> watching it but he's like Zhang this is pointless a sofon isn't gonna unfold are these people crazy like they have to be lying right now like what are they talking about turn this off or like change the channel let's see if there's a football game or something really? on rerun and Zhang is like watch what you want to in your own time but I'm just like that's rich because like You're he comes his to his friend's place <laughs> yeah. and like commandeers the TV but he doesn't change the channel so the story continues right. the physician at 301 military hospital in charge of the treatment of academic Jia Weilin confirmed that Jia's death was due to a hematological malignancy also known as leukemia the proximate okay. cause of death being organ failure and loss of blood in the advanced stage of the disease. No abnormalities were present. Jia Weilin, a noted expert in superconductivity who made major contributions in the field of room temperature superconductors. Mm, relevant to today's technology mm -hmm. and development. Died on the 10th. Stories claiming that Jia died in a Sofon strike are pure rumor. Got it. In a separate report, a spokesman for the Ministry of Health confirmed that several other deaths supposedly due to Sofon strikes were in fact due to ordinary illnesses or accidents. Giving Havana syndrome. The station spoke with noted physicist Ding Yi about the matter. Hey, I remember that name. Yeah. And so Ding Yi basically in his interview, you know, they're asking all sorts of things like, you know, why should we not be afraid like we are? And is if there... you don't remember Ding Yi. Ding Yi is the boyfriend friend of the late Yang Dong, daughter of villain book one, Ye Wenji, Ding Yi, who also played a game of pool, quantum pool, with Wang Miao. Right, 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 right. Who was the husband of the rich woman? Of Shen Yufei. Yeah. I don't remember at but this moment, but it's not Ding Yi. Ding Yi okay. was, is Yang the, the left behind fiance of Yang God, Dong, who right. sadly took her life. Right. Because, quote, physics does not exist, and will never and exist. he was there at the end of book one with wang miao and yes. general watching the Shoot. final sort of like the interrogation insects. of ye wenji yeah he was there at the insect field too or that was just general he was there too okay, okay. 
Um, so in this news package, talking about, you know, how these people, it was reported that they were killed by a Sofon, but not actually. They're talking to Ding and they're like, sort of, you know, like, what does the public actually need to know? Should they actually be afraid? Things to that kind of nature. Okay. And he basically is like, we know that when a Sofon unfolds into a lower dimension, because it's coming from a higher dimension and it unfolds in a lower one, it gets very large. Mm -hmm. But by having to get so large, it becomes weaker because it it's trying to like fit into a dimension that it doesn't normally inhabit. Mm -hmm. So like the bigger it gets, essentially, the weaker it is. Mm -hmm. So if this happens again, now seeing what the Americans were capable of with this most recent missile strike, uh -huh. we will be able to have a defense ready and we will be able to destroy them. The media, he says, has an obligation to report on this to help dispel people's fears. Mm. He's like, yeah, sure. Like there is still that big bad trademark out there right, so but like we don't have to be afraid of it because what gonna, we know about physics can work to our advantage right. yeah so at this point zhang recently retired zhang here's someone calling for him and before he even sees who it is the voice he's like oh i know who that is and the door opens to lao yang's apartment and in walks another of his neighbors another new character <laughs> alert Miao Fuquan, who is a coal boss. So Miao Fuquan works in the coal mining industry. Wow. He's very, very wealthy God. because of it. Because, I mean, still, fossil fuels are like Running a, this world. a boon to someone's bank account. Mm -hmm. And he owns this huge house in another part of Beijing. But he's neighbors with Zhang Yuanchao and with Yang because he keeps an apartment in this building to hide away his mistress from his wife. Love. <laughs> that what a boss so he's like he's giving tony soprano yeah like he's so tony neighbors, soprano walks in yeah like he's neighbors with them but only in as much as like his name is on the lease right. because That's he's also he keeps his guma well yeah and he's also working all the time so it's like he's always off at the coal mines his little boo thing is at the apartment and his wife is at the like huge mansion in beijing's city center and like the two still don't like That's know funny. about each other but so Miao Fuquan walks in. Love that. And recently retired Zhang is like, Miao, where have you been? Like, it's been so long. Did you strike it rich or something? Because, like, you've been really busy. We haven't been seeing you around. Like, are you just so much richer now? He's like, not no. And Miao's like, oh, Jesus. Not waiting like, now. If Miao you Fuquan. only knew the truth. He's like, if you only knew. Like, hang on a second. He picks up a glass. He fills it up with water and literally, like, chugs it. And he's like, Zhang nobody is getting rich the mines are a mess and i'm the one that has to go and clean it up like the government is saying that it's wartime and i know they always say that it's wartime but like i kind of believe them right now plus the mines aren't even going to be running for any longer and i had the thought i'm like oh fuck is the government about to like nationalize the mines and say like all no of these fossil private. fuels are ours we have to use them because we are actually facing a war right. and like keep in mind the news is still talking about like sofons and scientists and people who have died and like all this stuff and without even like looking up at the screen mm -hmm. to see that bad news is being talked about Miao Fuquan just says bad days are here damn bro not no not no and that is the end of that scene so this whole part is like you know we're dropping in on these two characters who are co-leading a project that will make them co-captains of this new massive battleship destroyer and then we rip away from that and then we go and we meet this American military wing that's on site in Alaska who have just used a missile misfire to their advantage by putting the full weight of the American military PR machine 
behind their fuck up to make it look like they actually succeeded at something they intended to do. Interesting. And then we pull out of that one. And then we go to this most recent scene and we see someone who has just retired who in this short little, you know, vignette has learned the benefit and the pros of actually giving a fuck and like being aware of what's going on around you so that if there is some kind of action that you can affect that you can do it like it seems like you know he's of retired age it doesn't seem like he's going to be able to you know go out and like change very much but at least he feels more empowered like being aware of it interesting so it's like that that's sort of like the three vignettes things that have happened in the in this very first part of of part one, the wall facers. But it's so, not over. It's not over. I'm gonna go grab a Celsius. Do it. Do you want to grab another Red Bull? No, no. Are you sure? I'm positive. I'll grab one for you anyway. No, no. And we will be right back. done meeting new characters dear listener you're wrong get ready because i'm about to take you guys into a whole nother scene not is it one of the locations that we just went to it ain't Uh, okay so now we're flow chart for this part truly now we are in a basement with one window And moonlight streaming in, casting a little luminance upon a man who is laying down on his bed. And we learn that no one knows his true name. Okay. But eventually, the book says, and I imagine this means that I guess history would one day call him the second wall breaker. Okay. Don't know what that means? You will. I'm sure I will. But just so you know, listener. Also, what a metal fucking nickname you don't need to know yeah the second wall the second wall breaker like did he break the second wall or was there a wall breaker before him i love that you know yeah it's giving like like right now hi you listening to me my name is brett and i'm the fourth wall breaker right get it ah i got it oh my god i gotta i gotta fix the bugs in uh my ai so he stops making puns The second wall breaker is laying down on this bed in the dark and he is just spending the last hours just reflecting on his life moment by moment. His last hours? Is he dying? Well. Or he's been doing this for a while. He's been doing this for a while. Got it. Okay. And and he's also about to reach under his pillow oh. and pull out a gun Oh. and raise it to his temple oh. to end it all. Sad. But right before he's about to pull the trigger, a so fun text message, you could say, appears oh. before his eyes. God damn, not a like, eye push notification. Right, <laughs> literally. And it says, don't do that, we need you. Oh, okay. And he's like, what? Am I... Am I dreaming? He's like, Lord, I've been dreaming that you'd call for over a year. And the text over his eye says, this is not a dream. We are in real time communication with you. Whoa. And the Trisolarans on the other side of this message, right on this Sofon message, goes on to prove that it is them talking to him in real time. And they're like, you want proof? Your goldfish is dead. Huh. And he's like, what? No, no, it's not. And he's like, they're like, yeah, it is. You flicked a half-smoked cigarette that landed into the water uh, about an hour ago, and that nicotine toxified the water and killed the fish. 
Oh. And sure enough, he goes over to his fish tank and sees belly up. Oh. Fish is dead. Got it. They're like, you want more proof? He's like, okay. And they say, Evans once gave you an encrypted letter. Y'all remember Evans? Mr. Mike Evans. Mr. Mike Evans, the co-founder of the ETO with Ye Wenji. What a sad story, Mike Evans. The fact that he died. Well, just like the whole thing. His right. life, I know. where he came from and where Son he of the oil him. baron. Just sad. And, uh... You know, create a judgment day. So this second wall breaker, since we know that at a point he was in direct contact with Mike Evans before Mike Evans is yes. having in yeah. the Panama Canal, yeah. they either were a part of or were at least associated with the Earth Trisolaris organization? Yes. Okay, got it. Exactly. And, you know, just in the same way we saw in the prologue mm-hmm. in episode one of this season, Mike Evans communicating with Trisolaris directly via Sofon yes. in his eyes. This is what the Wallbreaker is also experiencing. Got it. So we understand he knows Evans. He was part of the ETO. Obviously, Evans is dead now. And the Sofon is stating that, you know, as proof of the fact that they know and that this really is them they say Evans once gave you an encrypted letter but the encryption has changed and he died before he was able to give you the new password and you've never been able to read it are we wrong or are we right mm. naturally the wall breaker knows that they, this is true and then the Troisolarans on the other side say but we'll tell you the new password because we know it oh. it's Camel the brand of cigarette that killed your fish oh weird oh right that is weird also, side note, Joe Camel was kind of hot. No. Joe Camel? Yeah. Who's that? The, the like, they can't use him anymore because I think the U.S. passed laws that you can't, like, oh, like the logo character. Got it. He's kind of hot. Joe Camel. Tony the Tiger, too. Yeah. Not my type. <laughs> Joe Camel looks like he's got two testicles coming off of his face. I'm not spending my life with the guy. <laughs> Just one night. Just a night. One baby. night with Joe Camel. <gasps> The second wall breaker scrambles over to his laptop, tears streaming down his face because he really can't believe that, like, after this year of not hearing a single message from Trisolaris, they're talking to him again. God is back. He's like, is it really you, my lord? He opens the email attachment that, you know, Evan sent to him in their, like, ETO dedicated reader, just so you understand they're not using, like, just your uh, regular old Gmail. I was like, okay, okay, Cishin Lu. Just to make it clear, he's not using, like, Acrobat. Sure, yeah. It's like, this is an ETO software. He enters. Proprietary. Yeah, proprietary. Terry, literally. Apple workers helped found the ETO's technology. I was like, way. okay, another detail I didn't need. <laughs> and, but the dedication to world building is oh my like God. top it's tier. It's endless. Um, and so <laughs> he enters C A M E L Camel. And then he falls to his knees because it opens and he's like, it's really you, my lord. It's like, he goes, he goes, my sweet lord, hallelujah, oh my lord, try so Laris. I really want to hear from you, I really want to hear from you, but it took so long, my lord, it's a so fun in my eyeball. <laughs> I love that. Um, he's so happy. And he asks them, you know, like, we were never notified from you on, like, you never said bye. 
why? You never told us about the attack on the gathering where the commander, you know, where Ye oh, yeah, Ji was. The bomb, remember? Like yeah. the sphere and the standoff and and the ambush at the Panama Canal. Like all of it. Why on earth did you abandon yeah. us? And they simply say what they said to Evans in that prologue. They say, we were afraid of you. Yeah. And he says, all right, because there was that whole thing with Evans where they were like, we don't understand the difference between these two words. And we learned that like they can't lie. They They can only communicate, not even truthfully, they can only communicate like things as it is or as they think them. They're not they don't have the skill set of like lying, saying something, but obscuring it behind something or thinking something and saying something else. Yeah, because they just communicate with their brains. They don't have to like speak. Exactly. Because I guess if you were trying to lie. You would still have to think the true thing you first. You would hear the truth first. Exactly. Yeah. So they were like, we're afraid of you. And yeah. the wall breaker is, says, you know, it's because our thoughts are not transparent. You know, it doesn't matter. All those skills you lack, deceit, trickery, disguise, misdirection, we use it in service for you. Like, mm. you don't have to fear us. Don't abandon us. And the Trisolarans are like, ah, but we don't know if that's true. How can we trust you? I mean, even if it is, the fear remains. You've broken our trust. I mean, your Bible, after all, has an animal called the snake, right? Mm. The serpent in the Garden of Eden. If the snake slithered over to you and said it would serve you, would your fear and disgust go away? Mm. Just because it said it wanted to serve you? I mean, yeah. is that not what Well, yeah, I mean, the then snake you think said about to, it, the Trisolarans are like, you've, you're admitting to us that you're able to not tell the truth. Why would I believe that you wouldn't do that to me, even if you're being truthful to me right now? Right. How do I even know that you're being truthful right now? But the wall breaker says, you know, if the snake was telling the truth, I would overcome my fear and I would trust it. Oh. And it's like, okay. okay. I don't even know whether to believe him. A little industrious. Who knows? But he's kind of like a bootlicker. So yeah. <laughs> like, he's very like sycophantic. Yeah. All of the... Uh, He's giving pick me. A lot of the, yes, totally. A lot of these ETO. Pick me. Choose me. <laughs> love me. What is that from? Grey's Anatomy. That's so good. Ellen Pompeo. Speaking to McDreamy. Yeah. Love that. Cringe. Cringe. And the Sofan simply is like, that's difficult to do. It's difficult to trust. You know? I mean, fair. This. When you know something's nature. Totally. What are you going to be stupid? You're going to like willfully believe something different? Totally. The wall breaker. He's like, if you knew we could not be trusted, then why did you give us so much information? Like Bats. how the Sophons yeah. were constructed and, you know, how you first received that signal from humanity. And Trisolaris is like, you know, we could have been more selective with the information we shared with you, knowing that you could not read our thoughts. Mm. We have technology that allows for selective sharing of information, but transparent thought is just a cultural and societal norm. It might be hard for you to understand, but it's just as hard for us to understand you. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I actually don't understand. Yeah. But like, I get that I, I'm not supposed to understand. Yeah. But basically they're saying, yeah, we could have been more selective, but that's just like not our custom. Right. We didn't realize. It's like against our nature. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it's normal to just operate in open transparency. Yeah. Because that's our society. Bizarre. We have candor. Bizarre. Yeah. Wallbreaker is like, I can't imagine that deceit and scheming are entirely absent from your world. And they're like, we have it. You know, sometimes warring factions on our on our planet will engage strategies of disguise, you know. Sure, yeah. But a little simple probing will usually reveal the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, basically, I'm thinking Trojan horse. Yeah. It makes me wonder how listener 1379 kept their intentions a secret 
for so long. Right. Because, you know, it wasn't until the very end when they were like, do not answer, do not answer, do not answer to Ye Wenji that, like, their plan was uncovered, basically. Right, right. But they and were very like, honest when they were And it's like the message addressed. that, like, flagged, that, like, ooh, something weird's going on over here with this person. Totally. But I'm like, I wonder what their process was like of, like, keeping that a secret from all the other Trisolarans around them in that listening post. Well, I don't think anyone was asking him anything. I think he was just operating on his own. Mm. And then it got flagged and then they asked him about it and he was straight up. He told them, yeah. So the wall breaker is like, that's just unbelievable. I can't believe you guys like hardly disguise or deceive each yeah. other. Like it's just bizarre. And Sofan is like, it's you all who are unbelievable. You have a book on your shelf called A Story of the Three Kingdoms. And the wall breaker is like, uh, uh, you mean Romance of the Three Kingdoms? Yeah, it's a pretty famous book yeah. and this is a real book from 1330 it's wow. like a super old book written by a chinese author and it's it's an epic and it's known for its iconic characters its battle scenes and political intrigue and Fun. and strategy and Wallbreaker is like you wouldn't understand that book at all yeah because it's literally about the very extent of human trickery uh, yeah it's like these concepts that like you just by nature are not gonna get exactly yeah. like imagine like a, a story that literally is just about the most advanced forms of politics yeah. and and deceit deceit and and warfare but yeah. like using all just like trickery and trisolaris is like i understand some of it like how a layman but he, they're like i understand some of it i do you know it's not completely unbelievable yeah. but it's kind of like how a layman might un have a hard time understanding a mathematical monograph oh that's fair and you know with great mental effort and imagination might be able to understand some of it which i'm like is literally me on this podcast <laughs> Well, it's just like think about like the the equivalent is like asking, you know, you, me or anybody like us who are not scientists right. to understand even like in the early quantum days, gravity, Well, just in the early days of us talking about like the first book, the three body problem. If you've never been exposed to any models of orbital mechanics, even just like just like watching solar system animations or like animations of celestial bodies, if you've never like even seen that or thought about that or if it's like an unknown unknown like we were asking people to understand the dance of three planets as they move chaotically around each other so it's like i'm sure everybody who listens to this show has some kind of a visualization Concept. of that even if it's not it's like trust me accurate representation of it they right. like understand it in as much as they can like me like you like you know anybody right listening there's some things that are harder though an astronomer for yeah. sure right but we know we're not understanding it fully or at least in the way that like a true mathematician would understand sure, yeah. it. You hear that? Hate mail. <laughs> and the wall breaker is like, indeed, you know, it is, it is a very complex book and it does lay out the highest levels of human schemes and strategies. <laughs> and Trisolaris is like, yeah. And our Sofans can make pretty much anything in the human world transparent. You know, we're able to read that book. We're able to see your fish. I mean, yeah. We're able to tell you the password on that encrypted file. The only thing that our Sofans can't read is people's minds. Okay. Weakness. And yes. And Sofans uh, cannot read thoughts. Hmm. Very interesting. That is interesting. The Wall Breaker says, you, you must know about the Wall Facer Project then. Yes, if you're able to know about everything, you must know about the Wall Facer Project. Wall Facer Project. Yeah, I was like, that's a different thing than what we called this person who Correct. almost the wall ended breaker. it all. Yeah. So this guy is the Wall Breaker, and apparently there's something out here called the Wall Facer Project. Okay. And 
the Sophon, the Trisolaris, they're like, oh yeah, we know more than you do about it, trust us. And it's about to be put into action, and that is exactly why we are here talking to you. And he says, so what do you think of the Wallfacer project? Mm. And it's like, all right, not going to tell us what it is. And they say, well, it's the same feeling you get when talking to a snake. Oh. So it must be something deceitful. Or something that like by its definition is like completely different in how it operates to how this person Wallbreaker operates. Like maybe it's another faction within the ETO or something. No, no, it's this it's Trisolaris who's saying they get the same feeling. I take it back. Yeah. Do not trust it. Do not we trust. We don't like it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, "What is this?" Yeah. Wallbreaker is like, "But the snake in the Bible helped humans to gain knowledge." It's true. You know, the Wallfacer project will set up one or a few mazes that will seem to be tricky, but we can help you find your way out. And it's like, what? Okay. What kind of, like, what? Who's setting it up? Yeah. Is it the ETO? Who are they? Or is it the government? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I know, but good questions. And then the Sofan says, this difference in mental transparency gives us all the more reason to wipe out humanity. Oh, fuck. Please help us wipe out humanity and then we'll wipe you out. Please help us. Please help us kill everyone and then we'll kill you. Ugh. Okay. And Wallbreaker goes, um, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wallbreaker's like, yikes. Um, yeah, like not to tone police you or anything. <laughs> but like the way you're like talking to me right now, it's like kind of problematic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'm kind of like not into it. Yeah. Like I'm all for like, you know, play essentially i'm all for like you doming the shit out it's of like me not to kink shame you but you just gave me the egg you gave me the egg yeah like like clearly you're just being transparent and just mm. being super like candid with me and i know that's like your style and that's your culture and whatever but not in mine, in our world um even if you like are telling the truth you might want to do it in like a euphemistic sort of way right yeah. you might want to be like um we're gonna you know you might not want to say we'll wipe you out you might want to say something more like and we'll take care of the rest Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and we will take away all of your worries yeah needn't tell the cow how the burger is made exactly yeah. he's like you know even though what you said is like super in line with the ideals of the eto just like the way you kind of said it might ick out some of the members sure, yeah. and just you know it just could lead to some unexpected consequences which i know you and i don't want so like just take it from me maybe try out like a different tone mm -hmm. but also i'm worried that maybe you actually will never be able to express yourself in an appropriate way yikes yeah because if it's something as basic as that it's like oh you really might not get it yeah yeah and sovan is like it is precisely this expression of deformed thoughts that makes the exchange of information in human society and particularly literature, a twisted maze. And I'm like, okay, okay. are you, is this self-aware? Because this yeah. book, this literature that I'm reading right now feels like a fucking twisted maze. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to get through. You're right. Um, I'm like, Cixin Liu, you're so just, I feel like it is kind of a wink to the reader of like, hang on. Yeah. You know, because why, I mean, yeah, you know. And then the Sofan says, and as far as I understand, the ETO is on the brink of collapse. Oh. So why should we trust you? You guys can't even fucking get it together. Well, yeah. You know? Tone police me. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, rich. So the wall breaker is like, well, that's because you abandoned us. I mean, not wrong. He's like, those two strikes, Panama and, uh, you know, the meeting. Yeah. Those were fatal. Brutal. Literally. Yeah. The redemptionists, the ones who think that you guys are going to come here and, like, redeem us. Yeah. Have completely disintegrated. Yeah. And only the Adventists 
right? Which are the ones that are like... Ready to burn it down. Burn it all down and kill everyone. Only them have maintained an organized existence. But the most fatal blow has been a psychological one. Your abandonment has caused so much doubt and it's really tested the devotion of our members Mm. to our Lord. And if you want the devotion of the ETO, we need the Lord's support. And the Sofan is like, well, we can't give you technology, if that's what you're asking. Damn, okay. <laughs> and the Wallbreaker's like, that's fine, it's fine. As long as you go back to sending us information through the Sofans. Mm. Talk to us, please. Just help us. Just Don't continue. leave us again. Exactly. Yeah. Don't go silent. It's very pick me. So the Sofan is like, naturally, we'll, we will talk to you through the Sofan. But yeah. what you must do first, and what the ETO must do first is execute the critical order you just read from Evans. We sent it to Evans before his death, and he ordered you to execute it, but you never solved the encryption, you fucking idiot. Oh. The wallbreaker remembers the letter, and he looks it over carefully. We still don't really know what it says. Yeah. And the Sofan is like, simple enough to carry out, right? And he's like, yes, it's simple, but is it really that important? And the Sofans are like, it is incredibly important because of the Wallfacer project. Okay. And he's like, why? And they don't answer for a minute. And then they say, Evans knew why, but evidently he didn't share that with anyone. Oh. And he was right for that. That was very good. Now we don't need to tell you why. Oh. And the wall breaker is overjoyed because he says, my lord, you have learned to conceal. Oh. That is progress. Oh, fuck. They're realizing they don't have to say everything. I just got a cold chill. That's really not good. Mm-hmm. They say, Evans taught us much, but we are still beginners, like one of your five-year-old children. The order he gave you contains a strategy that we cannot learn. Don't know what that is. Okay. And then it seems that the wall breaker is quoting something in the message from Evans. Oh, okay. And he says, you know, he's like, are you talking about this stipulation? He's like, and then he quotes, to avoid attention, you must not reveal that it was done by ETO. Well, if the target is important, then this requirement is only natural. Okay. I'm like, I don't understand I'm any like, of that. Tell me what the fucking like, what are you saying? is. Yeah. And then the Sofan is like, to us, it's a complicated plan. So, so I don't I mean, know. If, if the advanced beings are telling you that something is complicated. Yeah. I'd be like, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? To avoid attention, you must not reveal that what you are doing is done by the ETO. So you have to do it in secret. So, I mean, the ETO is viewed by the world effectively as a terrorist paramilitary organization right so i guess it's something that like if the news were going to report on whatever it is would probably be seen as an act of terrorism right question mark right so, so it's, it's like only don't natural that it's us who's doing exactly it. okay. it's, it's only it's only natural that like the requirement would be for you to make sure it that doesn't that's the case yes. yeah like, so that's essentially us. what he's saying yeah anyways they're like yeah and it's a complicated plan okay good luck and he says fine all right i'll take care of it in accordance with yours and Evan's wishes. My lord, I promise we will prove our devotion to you. Okay. And it's like, okay, take the tongue off of the boot. Yeah, seriously. Or the spaceship yeah. or whatever. How's that soul taste? <laughs> okay, end scene. Cut to oh. new scene. Okay, I love it. Pew, pew, pew. In the remote corner of the vast sea of information on the internet, there's a remote corner. And in the remote corner of that remote corner, there is an even more remote corner. So we're on like the dark web. Dark, now. dark, 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 darkest corner. I mean, okay. like how far do you need to, it's like the 9,000th page of Google. Yeah. And then it's like Like your VPN needs a VPN. And yes. then you're on a tour browser. And yes. Then, yeah. You're following a, right, a white rabbit. Down and, a, yeah. and over there. 
Yeah. Where no eyes are. Okay. The virtual world came back to life. Okay. As in? As in? Three bodies. Under a strange, cold dawn. There is no pyramid. Okay. There is no United Nation. There is no pendulum. Just emptiness. Hmm. Broad. Hard. So in this great expanse of absolute nothingness, just cold, metallic emptiness. Yeah, like unrendered playing surface Pretty in the much. world of the three-body game. King Wen of Zhao oh, comes over the horizon in a tattered robe, holding a tarnished bronze sword, face wrinkly and filthy. But there's energy in his eyes. His pupils reflecting the rising sun. He calls out, Is anybody here? Poor guy. Anybody? His voice is swallowed up by the gigantic wilderness. He shouts for a while, and then he just sits, weary on the ground. And time accelerates. The passage of time goes by very quickly. He watches the suns turn into shooting stars, and then the shooting stars turn into suns. Stable eras and chaotic eras passing by. Great big suns, and then tiny, tiny stars, and then great big suns, and then tiny, tiny stars. But nothing changes, Hmm. because there's nothing there. He's all that is left. Oh my god. The eternal metallic wasteland just stays the same Damn. as the stars dance in the heaven and then turn back into the sun and then the suns turn into the stars and when the stars are high up and far away in the sky finally king Wen of zhao turns into a pillar of ice in the cold mm. and he just freezes and that shooting star comes back and turns into a sun and then a fiery disc passes over his head oh. and the ice on his body melts And his body becomes a pillar of fire. And just before he turns entirely to ash, he lets out a long sigh and exits. Wild. I know. What the fuck? Wait, who turned the game back on? I don't know. And then we cut to, but there's no like dash indicating like we're going to a different scene here. Okay. But we do go to a different scene. That's not inside the game. Correct. And you know what? That happens throughout this book. Basically, we've got 30 army Navy and Air Force officers with their eyes on a screen. And they're not watching the three-body game. No. They are watching the basically like debut of this new logo. (laughs) It's like very... Like the Space Force logo like with the UFO on it It's very arrow, yeah. Okay. Um... They're watching a red screen and there's like a a silver star shooting rays in four directions. And those rays take the shapes of swords. Okay. And then they're flanked by the Chinese characters for eight and one, which Mm -hmm. is the insignia of the People's Liberation Army. Okay. And this is the new insignia of the Chinese Space Force. And we go back to General Chang Weisei. Uh-huh. Old character alert. General Chang from the first book who led that task force that led to, you know, the whole Panama Canal incident. that first meeting that that Wang Miao went to. Yes, exactly. They're like, we need you. There's scientists dying. Mm -hmm. Help us or don't. You know, and he hated Da Shi, but, you know. So he's back. He's back. And he motions to everyone to come take a seat. And he says, you know, tomorrow we're going to have a ceremony formally establishing the Space Force. At which time you will receive your uniforms and your pins and your badges and your Boy Scout cookies. All the things, yeah. (laughs) And he says, however, comrades, at this moment, we belong to the same branch of the military. They look at each other 
these 30 people and they realize you know they're in like all different uniforms yeah and they look back at chang and they have a hard time like kind of understanding what he means and with a smile chang says it's an odd ratio isn't it we got you know 15 of you in the navy and nine of you in the air force and six of you in the army like what yeah but it's also like a very small group of it's 30 yeah, like people 30 people you're telling a small me space this force. is all the same this is one whole branch of yeah. the military yeah a whole branch he says i know you can't imagine the space force of the future based on the scale of the space force today okay but when their day comes our spaceships will be even bigger and they will carry a larger crew than today's aircraft carriers oh and like those things are fucking big like uss nimitz like that saw the tic tac encounter like yeah. that ship is a huge one he says it's gonna be way bigger than that got it and i mean possibly kind of like what you were describing before with yeah like maybe the tongue that's being exactly built. Yeah. he says future space warfare is gonna be based on large tonnage mm. meaning size mm -hmm. high endurance combat platforms platforms in space to do long-term combat on got it and engagements will resemble naval battles more than air combat with a battlefield in three dimensions yeah. instead of two. Damn. So you're not going to be fighting in space and time. You're going to be fighting in space, time, and something else. Yeah. Damn. And... Yeah, there is no up. There's no down. There's no left or right. It's just now it's this way. It's crazy. And now it's this way. Yeah. Yikes. And so, you know, the space branch must be based upon the Navy, which I guess is why they have more Navy officers than they have Army or Air Force. Yeah, got it. Because, you know... As you know, and as he says, you know, the Navy's not all that different from space, or like the ocean is not it's all true. that like different. Water from space. and space are very similar. They don't call them spaceships for nothing. They call yeah. they don't call them space planes. Yeah, they call them spaceships. Yeah, because they're like more like seafaring. Yeah, right. Space is this like fabric, not like an ether. Yeah, kind of like water. It's a medium. Yeah, but I guess so is air. But it's different. At any rate. <laughs> yeah, space tends to like behave like a fluid, though. Right. So the mood in the room relaxes a bit, okay. and General Chang continues, and he's like, Comrades, at this moment, the 30 of us make up this new branch, and as for the future space fleet, we're going to be doing research on all of the scientific disciplines, with particular focus on the space elevator, and on fusion engines. The space elevator, which was Wang Miao's idea. Oh, was it? Yeah. Right. Where is Wang Miao? Waiting to see him. Uh, and we're going to focus on also fusion engines, which we Sick. we heard about through Trisolaris, right? Yeah. Like they used fusion engines, yeah. right? Like they're collecting uh, some particle and yeah. using it to like In propel. Space, to, yeah. yeah. Basically making the reaction that happens inside the sun. Right. In order to, to give you more efficient power than what you could derive from like, say, nuclear power. Right. Yeah. But that's the job of the future space fleet. Our job here on the Space Force is to develop the theoretical framework for space warfare. Uh, How is it going to happen? Got it. The fleet will be built atop of the foundation we create. We are the preliminary stage. You know, the primary task of us seated here is to organize this institution and then invite scholars and researchers and scientists to help build it. Ching mm -hmm. walks over to the logo and he tells the assembled officers words that allegedly they will remember for the rest of their lives Ooh, okay. and he says comrades the space force has a tough road ahead of it these initial conditions mean that the basic research here is going to take about 50 years god 
Okay. Across all disciplines. Got it. So they're like, don't actually worry about what work is going to be done with the space like fleet because none of you are going to be alive to see it. He says it's going to take a hundred years after that to even see practical usage of the technology. Wow. Like long game level like thinking and planning. Exactly. Here. Yeah. At least another hundred years before, you know, we have the technology required for large-scale space travel. Gag. Okay. After that initial construction, the space fleet will require another 150 years to be built. So we've got 250 years total of, like, building and development. Of 50, one object. 50 years of, like, oh, yeah. homework, essentially. Yeah. So even to get to a place where there is a fleet in existence, you need... Almost as long as the time span that the country of the United States of America has existed. Yeah. You need a quarter of a millennium. God. This means that full combat capacity is going to take three centuries. Jeez. From establishment, which is today. Welcome to, Welcome oh, to Establishment Day. Got it. Got Historic. It. He says, comrades, I'm sure you all understand what this means. None of us here will see our space fleet. None of us are seeing heaven, he says. We're not going to make it to space, and we may not even see a model of a space warship. Wow. You know, the first generation of crew ab aboard that fleet won't even be born for another 200 years. Yeah, God. And then two and a half centuries from that, Earth's fleet will meet the alien invaders. And on those ships will be the 15th generation of our grandchildren. Chills. This leads to a long silence. I mean, understandably. Time stretches out before them, ending somewhere in the abyss of the future, where all they can see are the flickering flames and the luster of blood. Xixin Liu writes that the brevity of a human lifespan torments them as never before. Mm. Right? It's like you do all of this and it's like we are over. You make a butt of vapor. We are just a here and we evaporate you like drop a grain of sand onto the beach in terms of your impact and there it is but their hearts soar above this vault of time to join with their descendants and to plunge into the icy cold of space the eventual meeting place for all the souls of all soldiers Whoa. so like all of the soldiers on our planet, like, it's nothing. Like, all soldiers will eventually meet in space. And that is the end of that section. Damn, yeah, because in, like, in 400-ish years, they're here. Yeah, exactly. So, like, by that point, like, humanity has to be ready. And that's the freaking timeline. That's the, what is it? Like, the scope of work. Yeah. <laughs> Over the next 400 years, yeah. here's what we're going to do. The deliverables. Wow. <laughs> the deadline. I would love a 400-year deadline. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, my God. The milestones. And that is where we will pause until next week. So, in the meantime, go on the Patreon. Get some merch if you haven't already. Yes. And I don't know. We're not really on Twitter anymore. So I 
personally am actually not on Twitter it's at sad. all. It's and like a lonely. The place show still you, exists, but it's gone dormant. And it's really lonely without you. Bradatron no longer exists. It's why? But you can still find. I don't use it. I'm using Threads now. Okay, fine. We're officially making the switch to Thread. Well, Brad yeah. is. No, you're right. So if you want to see me, come hang out on Instagram. Come hang out on Threads. Yeah, follow us on IG, and we're gonna really try and definitely hang blow out up on, on Patreon. TikTok too. Oh yeah, TikTok is there too. I always right. forget. I know. TikTok. I always forget too. Shout out to China. Okay, we love you guys so much, and uh, I don't, it's like it, it's weird not having like what? like a, a period tweet? at the end of like an actual like numbered I chapter. Know, I know. It's like so like I'm sure it's probably like we can't even tell you what we're gonna talk about next week because we don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm sure it's like a little bit of like a I don't know a little bit of mental gymnastics to like listen to and be like wait but where are we but like it's gonna be worth it. It's we're gonna we're, be we're worth trying it. to break up these parts that are that are really like you know 120 pages a piece. We're trying to like break them up into manageable little scenes I guess that are easier to digest rather than just like yeah have one it. five hour episode you know so it'll take a little little you know like adjusting i'm mainly speaking to myself here but it's so good to be back thank you for joining us thank you and um if any sofans start speaking to you in your eyes let us know know, (laughs) but also call a doctor it could be something else yeah also if you have any song requests like you want me to make up a song about any part of what we discussed today please let me know and i will be more than happy to yeah all right well well in the meantime we'll keep you posted on you know any new is it cake is it alien yeah type news uh as things continue to unfold like a sofan like a sofan anything else nope all right well i'm brett i'm Allie, and i'm done saying words we'll see you next time see you bye bye you're listening to season two of radar peak a three-body podcast subscribe and download on apple podcasts or wherever you pod so you never miss an episode For exclusive content we might not have had time for, subscribe to our Patreon. Oh, and one last thing before you go. If you enjoy this series, leave a review and tell a friend about us. Join the conversation when you follow us on social media at RadarPeakPod. See you there.